because uh, obviously uh, part of what we do as uh, leaders is we have to be uh, hearing from God, thinking and planning for the things that lie ahead, which means that sometimes we've got the opportunity to be excited about what's coming before we, you ever know about it. And that's kind of how I am at the moment. I feel that uh, a sense of excitement about what I know God's got in store for us in, in coming days. I also feel that I want us that we're, we're kind of prepared and uh, in that place. And so today I want to just for a little while uh, give you something which I think will, um, is geared to help us be prepared for the opportunities that are going to be coming uh, in these coming days. When we uh, sing songs like your, uh, your word is mighty, uh, freeing captives, there's a danger that we tend to think about um, you know, Bible stories and things that happened a long time ago. I tell you guys, I mean, in the days in which we're living, the word of God is mighty. It's freeing captives. Uh, we'll hear testimony in coming days of uh, even in recent times how amongst us God's word is, is freeing captives. And it's a very, very exciting thing. In addition to which, the opportunities that constantly flow. We talk about uh, faith action and all the different opportunities and that that Daniel gets, uh, opportunities that Avril gets, uh, in the community, she again uh, has been invited tomorrow uh, to uh, meet with the boroughs. They meet with the uh, national health uh, people, and on. Uh, uh, so th these things are kind of flowing all the time, and they're all part of what God has given us to do. Uh, on Friday, Hans and I uh, met with the uh, the new leader of the council, which was a very interesting time, a man that comes in with, uh, with fresh vision and uh, uh, these, are, these are days in which we are seeing things that we've prayed for in recent weeks and months actually happening before our very eyes. So, you know, it's alright if I can get a little bit excited about what God is doing and about what he's going to do. And to be thanking him for that, because God is very good. Yes? Yeah. All right. Seize the day. When uh, Joseph was preparing his brothers for this interview with uh, Pharaoh, he coached them to make sure they were bringing the right message. Remember, Joseph had risen to a significant position, had experienced and used great wisdom that God had given him. And now, uh, there's the, the little brother that had been despised by his brothers, instructing them about the message. Basically saying to them, guys, when you go before Pharaoh, you need to know what you have to say. You find this in, in Genesis uh, chapter 46, verse 33. When Pharaoh calls you in and asks, 
Now, he knew what he was going to ask. He's going to ask, what is your occupation? And you shall answer this. And he told him exactly what to say. When we have these opportunities, now, it's not just opportunities with somebody, uh, some member of parliament or government, minister of health England or leader of the council. It's the opportunities that we get on a recurring basis and will get increasingly in coming days because this is where God's taken us. That's why I want us to be particularly focusing on at this time. We need to know what our message is. We need to know the words that we have to speak. Um, and there's two ways in which we know that. Number one is basically uh, because we have uh, waited on God, prepared, been instructed, whatever it may be beforehand, so that we've got that particular thing. We know what it is to say. Now, we're going to be working some more on that in coming days as we look at vision and future and so on and so forth. But do you know what to say when you have that opportunity? When, what was it, who came in my house the other day? Oh, the alarm man. And uh, just got talking. And uh, he mentioned something about Israel and kibbutz and all this sort of thing. And so I said, you're Jewish? Yes. But I'm not religious. Oh, what a great opening. Neither am I. But I got a message. You know, that opportunity. Uh, and that's a very exciting way to live. It's not just churning out the four spiritual laws or something like that. It's about, just as Jesus did at that time, knowing what it is. Now, we have to have an understanding of what we're carrying. And clearly, Joseph's brothers were instructed, get your act together. Know what it is you want to communicate. I don't want to communicate about church because then I've got to communicate, unless I'm using it specifically, because then it gives me a lot of opportunity to communicate how different we are. But, you know, sometimes that's not the way. I don't want to be too closely identified as Christian. Mm. Because that covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. Oh, what I like is the idea of saying I know God personally. I'm a follower of Jesus. I know him. He talks with me. Walks with me. So, we need to give a little bit of thought and time that we're prepared with our message. What you can't do, just think about these brothers coming in. Just go, oh, wow. Well, I've never been in a place like this before. Oh, look at this. Wow. Completely taken up by the external circumstances of the situation. No, no, no. no. We go in to all these conversations and all these situations with humility. But recognizing in humility, God has given us the power to be the greater, that we carry something very important. We carry the word of God into these situations. And I don't really want to be taken up 
by the externals of this great place or who I am meeting or so on and so forth. Now, of course it doesn't say this, but I'm just wondering, how would they have felt? I wonder if he knows what we did in the past. I wonder, because he's pretty keen on Joseph, I wonder if he knows what we did to him in the past. In other words, is our dark secret going to be exposed and used in this place? That kind of undermining thing. What if something comes? Uh, somebody said to me the other day, Yes, you're, you wonder whatever the next question's going to be. I said, you know what? I never do. I don't wonder what the next question's going to be because we're bringing the word of the Lord. I, I, I don't want to live in that level of, of kind of, I wonder if they know, or I wonder if they'll bring up something, or I wonder if, the, if they knew what we did to Joseph. You see, there's an enemy that would have us follow that line of thought uh, and that kind of level of uh, intimidation. Um, one of the best ways around that, when, uh, when Joshua uh, was um, about to take Jericho, uh, the instruction that he gave was this. Remember, they walked around the city and they were then going to take Jericho. He said, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Where was his focus? His focus wasn't on him, wasn't on his responsibility, wasn't really so much on even what he was doing. The focus was on, he's not me, I'm just here being used of God. Uh, this is about for the Lord. And he will provide and he will equip. And it's a kind of antidote. We don't want to get kind of focused on ourselves in these situations. We want to recognize that we are the representation of the Most High God. So we don't want to stand there gulping. We don't want to be intimidated. We don't want to look on this as something for ourselves, but to recognize it's for the Lord. Then, here's a good prayer to pray. When Nehemiah was going to go before the king, he prayed that the, the Lord would give his servant success by granting him favor in the presence of this man. That's not a bad prayer to pray. Lord, I'm looking for you to actually intervene so that I am received favorably. Now, there's kind of ways of doing that. When we had that opportunity last year to meet the Prime Minister, Nathan knew exactly what he wanted to say, the message he was going to get across. And he hadn't quite finished. So when the Prime Minister shook hands at the end... He didn't let it go until he'd finished what he wanted to say. That's cheeky. But, you know, 
I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying, you know, there are ways where we're more concerned about what it is that God's calling us to do than it is about ourselves in the situation. Lord, cause me, cause this person uh, to be favorably disposed so that I'm not trying to push water uphill, but I'm actually stepping into a situation where you have gone before me and actually the heart is already prepared to receive. How about that? Now, probably many of us could actually speak of times when God has opened up the way and caused that favor, that receptivity to be there because it's in the nature of what he does. All right, so, prepare the message, know what you're going to say. Don't let the situation intimidate in any way. Don't let's dwell in that. Don't let's stand there gulping at what's around. Don't look on self. Pray for success <clears throat> or favor and success. Now let's swing it round completely the other way. All right? Mark 13, verse 11. All sorts of th nasty things were going to happen, Jesus telling them. Um, and gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, um, that's kind of, you know, don't take it too literally. You know? um, like... Uh, Hans and I walked into the office and we had our suit and tie on. And somebody said, what? I said, yeah, we're just on our way to court. We won't, but that's the kind of idea that people have. You know, you're dressed up because you're in trouble. Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. <clears throat> On it, that's just the opposite of what we've just said. Yeah? Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Now then, because we're grown-ups, we can hold yes, and we can hold yes. Yeah? No excuse for not knowing what it is. But there are those times when we're thrust into a situation and we have an opportunity, not necessarily to bring our prepared message, but to bring what God gives us at the time. Let's just read on. Do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Now we know God goes before us. We know that it's right to know what we're going to say. We know it's right to ask for that we be received favorably. But there's also this other place where we don't need to worry about it. We're suddenly given an opportunity and we can expect that God will enable and equip us 
For it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. Don't worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it's not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Just imagine that. You're in a situation. Perhaps the boss calls you. It's like that time I've told you about before when I was, I got this um, big break promotion to be the assistant to this senior partner when I was stockbroking. And the instruction they gave me was he's a very bombastic, kind of blustering sort of person and he wants to only say a thing once. He will say it very quickly and you're to get it the first time and do it without question. And that's how he operated. And uh, <clears throat> until the day when he said to me, uh, <clears throat> when I said I was such and such clients on the phone, and he said, I'll tell her I'm not here. Moment of decision. Not actually a moment to work out a lot of kind of convoluted answer. I said, no, I can't do that. It's against my principle. And there was silence. This noisy, blustering person, just completely silent. Nothing was said. I thought, well, that's that job. That's done with that. Until months later, when there was a dispute between the two parts of the partnership, and uh, they called me, and they said, because it was something that I was aware of both sides, they said, come and tell me. We know that you don't lie. The word had gone round the partnership. It, it must have been talked about. And that's came. So did I think about it? No. It was, it was that moment. And often Avril's come back from meetings and I know she's anointed to blag and all that sort of thing. But basically, <laughs> basically, God has given her a word in a situation which was not coming from her knowledge or her expertise. And as she spoke the word, it transformed the situation. And people stood or, or turned around and said, yes, that, that's the answer. That's the thing. Now, to actually be servants of the Most High God, those who can speak uh, by the Holy Spirit, that's a, a pretty exciting way to live. That's what God's calling us into uh, in greater measure in these days. So yeah, I know it seems to say opposite things. I prefer it to be like this. Let me just borrow you a minute, Lynn and James, please. Can you just come over here? Can you just take my hand? And take my hand. Can you pull that way? And can you pull that way? Right? I am held in tension, right? Both things are true, both things are real, but I am in that place where I can actually operate from the fact, yes, they're both real, and God is leading me in the way to go. Thanks, guys. Two truths held in tension. Not totally, because it's good that we know the message, but there are also times where the message that we know or the position that we would take frankly, is not the thing. It's what God will give us. And God wants to speak through us and declare 
His Word. Not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. All right. Just a little bit of kind of encouragement. Then we've got to finish. Matthew 10, verse 16. I, I am sending you. That's our commissioning. I am sending you. We are commissioned as those called of God to represent him, to bring the word of God in any given situation that he sets us in. Our commissioning comes from the highest possible source. We are equipped, Isaiah 6, verse 7, that anointing, remember that, that kind of uh, picture of, of anointing the lips with the live coals from the altar, that sense of everything that would otherwise be a problem blotted out. Uh, all the possible disqualifications removed and a particular anointing and ability and enabling that goes beyond the natural to allow to speak, equipped for the purpose. Psalm 126, we go forth carrying precious seed. What we've got is the most precious, the most valuable the most necessary commodity. We have the word of God. We have what God would say into a given situation. We can speak by the Holy Spirit and bring light into darkness, bring release into captivity, bring freedom to those that are bound. What a great privilege. And then, of course, there's the exaltation that Esther receives. Perhaps this is your moment. Perhaps you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Uh, you know, if we really believe that God has placed his love upon us, chosen us, set us free, empowered us, called us to be representatives of him, then indeed we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Of course, we need to walk in a way it's credible. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't, you can't be living a life that's um, contrary to the very thing you're saying. Otherwise, you know, I can't hear your words because your actions are screaming too loud. So we have to walk in a way that's credible. Um, and we've talked much about that. Credible to the one who sends us so that we're ready in our moment. And here's the good news. You might never get noticed. You might be forgotten. You might just be a little link in the chain. Remember the, the feeling of the 5,000? We talk about a boy who gave his lunch. I don't know his name. But here we are, we're still talking about somebody that was nameless, who was used in the purpose of God, in the moment of God, because he was willing to respond to what Jesus wanted at that time. What about the guys that lowered their friend into the presence of Jesus so that he was healed? Do you know their names? No idea. But used in a moment of time. Insignificant in themselves, but used in the mighty purpose of God. What about the, the um, servants that filled the water pots for the changing the water into wine in that uh, wedding, Canaan? You don't know who the heck they are but used because they were at that point in time prepared to do 
what they were given. I love that story about Jonathan and his armor bearer, uh, where they went up to attack the enemy with the encouragement that Jonathan gave, perhaps God will help us. I mean, you're going up against an overwhelming force. <clears throat> and the big sort of vision-building exaltation is, yeah, maybe God will help us. And, of course, God did help them, and we don't know his name. But he was prepared at that moment to be used of God. What about actions? You know, I'm a fisherman. I've fished all night. All right, let your net down on the other side. Well, if the boat is six foot wide, that's about a six foot difference. But look at the outcome. See, a simple act of obedience, an insignificance, an opportunity seized to simply do what he says, to receive that nudge, that nudge of the Holy Spirit and actually do it. What about... Uh, the woman who had this problem with hemorrhages for so long, 12 years, and all she had to do was touch the hem of a garment. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It seemed a bit pathetic, but that's what she was needing to do at that time in order to make the difference. One word from God could bring wisdom. Remember Solomon? in that situation, could bring the compassion of the heart of God into a situation, could bring righteousness. Uh, PJ may tell us a story. Uh, I commend PJ and the excellent work that God is anointing him to do, not only here, but in, in Sierra Leone, where uh, he has to take a, a very key role in leadership. And... Uh, how he had to deal with the... He'd tell you the story at some point. Um, everything operates by bribery. He didn't want to operate by bribery. They arrested one of the guys. They wanted a bribe to let him go. He said, no, I'm not going to pay. And he just held it out. All right. He was actually under God making a stand for righteousness. And of course, it came through in that positive way. Being prepared to pay the price, but to... Uh, not be involved in something that was contrary. We could bring righteousness right into a situation like that. Bring divine instruction. Joshua, we already mentioned, in Jericho. Could bring a way through in a crisis. Paul, when he instructed them what to do in respect of the shipwreck and so that they were all saved. See, there's a, there's a very exciting... Uh, very fulfilling uh, life that he calls us to lead. And uh, what, what, what is the qualification? The qualification is that we say, yes, Lord, that we obey him. Qualification is that we are dependent upon him, that we need him, and that we receive his word, and we respond to his word or his action that he gives us at any particular time. All right, our time is gone, but remember... As we're moving into the coming days, increasingly, I'm expecting that we will have these kind of opportunities. Yeah, let's know our message, but let's also be depending on the Holy Spirit. Let's not be averse to praying, Lord, give me favor in this situation. Amen? Okay. If you'd like 
prayer for anything, then please come and the prayer team will be here. And remember, we're going to come together to pray at 7.30 tonight at Lifeline House for this situation that is most concerning there in Sierra Leone and Liberia.